Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Pond Hunter Broadcast from the Under the Sea Radio Show on Blog Talk Radio. The Pond Hunter, in the pursuit of all things aquatic. Take a look into the world of koi ponds, water gardens, and the lifestyles of the aquatically obsessed. Meet the pros, hobbyists, and cover some no-nonsense pond advice straight from the field. The Pond Hunter, in the pursuit of all things aquatic. Here's your host, koi pond and water garden expert, Mike Gannon. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast, episode 35. And our topic today is how to filter your pond. And I've kind of tricked you into listening to this podcast because we're not really going to talk about how to filter your pond. We're going to talk about pond filtration as a general topic because pond filtration is a very broad topic, very broad. So let's get that on the table before we go any deeper into the podcast Um, because it's so broad in this podcast i'm going to discuss some things in a very general way because everything has variables when it comes to pond everything Um, there's no way to cover everything in a podcast but i'll do my best to cover a good amount of ground here if you're looking for some real specific info about your pond i'm very accessible send me an email give me a call message me um, on Facebook. And uh, who am I? Well, I'm Mike Gannon. I'm your host. I'm a uh, pond professional working with ponds on a daily basis for the last 21 years as of March and owner of Full Service Aquatics, a koi pond water garden and water feature design and build and service company located in Summit, New Jersey, and serving pond keepers wherever the need may be. So welcome. Welcome to the Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast, and let's talk ponds a little bit here. So the reason I feel uh, I had to uh, pick kind of a tricky topic and tricky into listening to the show is because pond filtration is pretty misunderstood by many pond keepers. And every pond is unique, which makes every filtration need unique. No two ponds function exactly the same. Even if they're set up the same, there's always variables. Two ponds can be built the same size, shape, depth, even the same equipment being used, configured the same way, and they will not behave the same. Temperatures, precipitation, wind, sunlight exposure, animal activity, trees, and the local environment are just few of the variables that come into play. So to attempt to cover this very broad topic in a podcast is challenging. So in this podcast, we'll be covering what a filter is, what is filtration, types of filters, methods and philosophies of filtration, and why design and construction affects how your filter should be chosen and how your pond will function. Um, what you should be considering when planning your filter system as well. And we'll talk about some examples of filtration systems. But when it comes to how to filter your pond, every pond keeper at some point needs filtration advice. You've probably tuned in because you're seeking some advice. And good thing you tuned in because you got help on the way. Filtration should not be an afterthought when it comes to your pond. Filtration uh, should not be done as a reaction to a situation. Sometimes it has to be, 
but if you can avoid the reactive response of filtering a pond, um, that would be a better way to go because sometimes that leads to either not solving the issue or creating other problems. And um, the beginning pond keeper usually doesn't even know the hardships that they are facing with their pond or the hardships they're facing with their pond are related to filtration issues. They just know that they're crazy about the lifestyle of pond keeping and they want to make it work. And who wouldn't be? I mean, come on, hanging out by your pond, beautiful, colorful fish, aquatic plants, waterfalls, chilling, having a wine, having a beer, some friends over. It's great. So you want your pond to look great. And many beginning pond keepers struggle at first. Novices are usually the ones who become aware that many issues they're having with their pond are related back to how the pond is being filtered. So novices start looking deeper into pond filtration and it can actually get very confusing. They start Googling pond filtration and end up stepping into a weird world of conflicting ideas, concepts, advice, equipment, pricing, you know, on a side note of pricing, um, all pond keepers should know the cheap equipment is, is exactly that. It, it's cheap. So if you see a pond pump that circulates, for example, 3,000 gallons per hour, one pump is 120 bucks. The other pump is 590, 600 bucks. Don't fool yourself into thinking you just come, came across a great deal at 120 bucks because you're really about to throw away money, time, energy, um, and probably gain some frustration. So always go with better equipment. If you can, everybody's going to start somewhere. So sometimes a $120 pump is perfectly justifiable. Anyway, um, pond keepers seem to go to Google for advice or places like Facebook forums and groups. And um, I got to tell you, I, I don't think there's anything that can beat an on-site consultation um, to discuss your pond specifically with a local pond pro. There's just too many variables to seeking online advice. It would take way too long. Nobody has the patience for it. Our, our online patience is about two minutes, which means, um, you know, you guys are almost done with your patience listening to me. But stick around, okay? Um, but really, the on-site consultation with a local pond pro, you can't beat it. Unless, of course, you're listening to the Pond Hunter radio broadcast. Online advice typically comes from... People want to be helpful, but it typically comes from a person's personal experience with their specific situation regarding their pond. So when questions are posted to groups and forums, the answers come back very convoluted and often conflictive. Sometimes you'll even be attacked and ridiculed for your questions, which is kind of crazy. Advice from forums, in my opinion, seems to come from a point of view when you're posting a question that Everyone in that forum is trying to achieve the same thing. So the answers come back from that point of view, which is not the case. This, this goes back to kind of a, uh, a one-size-does-not-fit-all um, situation when it comes to pond filtration systems and methods and philosophies. So what's good for Mr. Wadi's pond is not good for Mr. Gannon's pond. And vice versa. Even if Mr. Wadi insists his is the only way, he's speaking from a very narrow point of view. So let's start with some real one-on-one stuff here. What is a filter? I wonder if a lot of pond keepers really even know what a filter is, what it does, what it's supposed to do. Filters can perform very specific functions 
or a filter can perform a broader function or functions. So when someone comes to me with a filtration issue, I have lots of questions for them before I can begin to give them accurate or usable advice. The definition of a filter in the dictionary is a porous device used for removing impurities or solids from a liquid or gas. Of course, we're talking about liquids here. For a pond keeper, these porous devices are netting, sponges, gravel, among other things. And with that defined, pond keepers should think of not just adding a filter to their pond, but what type of filter, what type of system they want for their pond. There is no one filter that's going to produce great results for your pond. Every pond keeper will usually have more success with a filter system, which is essentially various filters used in conjunction to produce the overall filtration profile for your pond. So filter systems reflect the various layers of how your pond is being filtered. Again, one filter is not going to achieve all things for your pond. No matter how well it's marketed, it just ain't going to happen. Filtration should be occurring on several levels for a successful system and how you configure your filter system or how you pass water through your filter system is as important as your overall filtration profile. So when it comes to pond keeping, we are generally concerned with three types of filtration, mechanical filtration, biological filtration, and chemical filtration. The mechanical filtration is how pond keepers remove solids from their ponds. These solids can be leaves, pollen, fish waste, fish food, sediment, anything that can be captured and physically removed is what the mechanical filter is concerned with. Mechanical filtration can happen by way of nets, brushes, filter pads, various types, gravel, plant roots. Water passes through or over these membranes and solids are captured and removed from the water column, helping, keeping, helping to keep the water clear that's what mechanical filtration does. Mechanical filtration can happen at several points in your filter system. So keep that in mind. You don't have to have one point of mechanical filtration. Biological filtration is how water is purified on a microbial level and how nutrients are removed from the water. Biological filtration is a process of beneficial types of bacteria as well as other organisms working in your pond, doing their magic on the water to purify it from ammonia and nutrient buildup. Without biological filtration, water quality would be murky, smelly, ultimately deadly for fish, and a lot of other critters. Think of just stagnant water. That's kind of the opposite of what I would consider biofiltration, a biofiltrated um, water. Biofiltration is greatly affected by the choice of biomedia that you use. Biomedia comes in numerous forms, plastic, ceramic, lava, uh, lava rock, gravel, sponges, brushes, numerous other possibilities are out there. All of them work, some more effective than others. You got to do your homework to see which is right for you. Sometimes it's a matter of budget. Is a ceramic biomedia attainable to everybody? No. So sometimes you want to use lava rock, which is uh, very inexpensive. Anyway, 
That's biofiltration. Chemical filtration could be something as simple as a bag of carbon to remove smells, to remove discoloration, or oyster shell, zeolite, dechlorinator is chemical filtration, flocculants used to aid in water quality. In my personal pond management practices, I try to avoid the use of chemicals unless necessary. I like when Mother Nature is in control of the pond. And when using bagged chemical filtration, most treatments are going to be placed in an area of high water flow. So it's important to understand how water moves through your filters. Usually, a well-planned and functioning biomechanical filter system will produce great results for pond keepers. How we go about biomechanical or chemical filtration changes from pond to pond. Filtration, again, is not one size fits all. It's not one approach fits all. It's not one method fits all, and certainly not one philosophy fits all. What's good for Mr. Johnson's pond may not be good for Mr. Chang or Mrs. Smith's pond. Filtration should be a consideration when you're planning your pond and when you're designing your pond. Pond design can greatly affect how ponds function and how filtration works. Even the type of filtration that you that you can, should, or will be able to use. It's important considerations. So you need to think about what the goal is for your filter system. What is your goal? What is your end result for your pond? What is going to bring you happiness with your pond? How you choose to filter your pond will really be dictated by what your goal is with your pond. As unique as ponds are, so are pond keepers. Every pond keeper has a unique reason for keeping a pond, and your reason for being a pond keeper will be reflected in how you approach filtering your pond. What do I mean by that? Well, for example, let's go back to Mr. Johnson. Mr. Johnson may keep his pond because he loves seasonal aquatic plant blooms, the frogs, tadpoles, dragonflies, the assortment of local birds and wildlife who use his pond and bathe in it and sometimes poop in it, whatever. Water clarity and nutrient levels really don't matter to Mr. Johnson. Algae growth really doesn't bother him at all. He loves his pond exactly the way it is. Yet Mrs. Smith wants her pond to be clean and clear at all times. No algae. And her prized koi need to be in full view while her, while her clients meditate by the pond at her meditation center. Mrs. Smith wants no algae and really does not want any maintenance. Mrs. Smith loves her koi and has named all of them. Mr. Chang loves tinkering with his filter system. He loves his filters as much as his pond. He spent $9,000 on his filter system alone. Not the pond, just the filters. And he enjoys working on his filters and pond every weekend. That is his relaxation. The more bells and whistles on his filter system, the better. Mr. Chang even hooks up stuff that does nothing but sounds cool and looks cool. His concrete pond still turns green six to eight weeks every year, but he loves it. And I want for my pond different things. You want for your pond different things. We all have our reasons. Do we all require the same filtration? No, absolutely not. So a big part of choosing filtration is what your goal is and knowing what you want will help you decide how to filter your pond and what equipment you may need or may not need. Types of filtration, methods of filtration, 
filtration systems are often combined to create a total filtration profile. Now, why design and construction can affect your filtration choices and methods um, is a consideration. Filtration really should not be an afterthought or a reaction to pond issues. How you construct your pond will absolutely affect how your pond functions and how it needs to be filtered. So creating a really good filtration profile actually begins when planning your pond before a shovel ever hits the ground. There are many ways to build ponds, many ways to have a successful pond, no matter what your choice of construction is. Some construction choices are easier than others, but any of them can be successful. So even though for myself as a builder, I prefer a certain way of construction for those who are my clients. I've worked in the field for 20 plus years and have seen that many approaches can be successful, even ones that I don't necessarily choose to utilize. Concrete ponds, golf course ponds, liner pond, mud pond, preformed plastic pond, rock and gravel pond, and nondescript ponds, um, I come across all the time, day in, day out, year after year, decade after decade. They can all be successful. Filtration for a concrete pond will not be the same as a mud pond or a rock and gravel pond. There is a lot to consider regarding construction. I've seen beautiful ponds installed that are completely dysfunctional. Again, talk to a pond pro first before you start your project. Contract them to do your project if you really want best results, reliable results, guaranteed results, guaranteed quote-unquote. So you have all this stuff, but there's many different types of filters. It can get confusing here too. There's many types of filters. You can have ultraviolet, skimmers, bottom drains, biofalls, pressure filters, canister filters, sponge filter, box, baki showers, biotowers, sieves, sediment chambers, plants, wetlands, bogs. There's, there's many types of filters. So let's kind of cover those real quick here, and we'll go over 10, 11 types of filters. Me, I feel probably the most important filter, the most important element of a pond being filtered would be the skimmers. Um, some people use bottom drains. They function similarly, but they are very different pieces of equipment. Um, skimmers and bottom drains are, well, a bottom drain actually is just a piece of plumbing, which usually leads to a mechanical filter. So skimmers are mechanical filters. And skimmer placement is important in the pond. And you got to get the right size for your pond. Don't go small on a skimmer if you have a big pond. And you don't have to get a big skimmer for a small pond. You won't get the, the results that you're looking for. Make sure your skimmer is appropriately sized. Skimmers are incredibly important, in my opinion. They are a fantastic and effective mechanical type of filtration. Um, and they most often will work as a pump housing as well. So it's a great place to keep your pump also. Um, biofalls. There's various types of biofalls, um, and they are typically biological and mechanical filters, usually housing filter pads as the mechanical portion of it and biomedia as the biological portion of it. So biofalls to me are a great piece of equipment 
to use for most pond setups. There's also pressure filters, canister filters. Those are biomechanical filters. Those sometimes are a good solution for pond keepers as well. Sponge filters, going back to the basics, it's a biomechanical filter. A lot of us are familiar with these from, you know, having aquariums as, as kids. Sponge filters can do the job, usually not on larger scale ponds, but sponge filters are certainly a consideration. Box filters and gravity filters also are biomechanical filters. Baki showers, bio towers. To me, these are very similar um, filter filters. They're both biofilters. Um, they may have some sort of mechanical filtration, but that's not really their intention. So those are biological filters. Then you have sieves, brush filters, uh, settlement chambers. These are all types of mechanical filtration intended to remove particulate matter from the water. You have plants, which are also, which is biological filtration, yet also mechanical filtration. They do remove um, particulate matter from the pond. And then, of course, you can go big and go with wetland filtration, bog filtration, same thing. Those are biomechanical, mostly biological, but biomechanical filters as well. Very, very effective, especially on large-scale ponds. They can do quite a job of keeping water quality really high. So those are different types of filters that you can look at. And, of course, there's ultraviolet. Ultraviolet is um, an interesting filter. It's meant for... Uh, Algae, algae issues. It's most effective, I feel, only effective in clear, clearing green water. Um, it does not help with any other type of algae. If algae is not a free-floating planktonic type of algae that turns your water green, UV light will not help it. If you're trying to get rid of string algae or hair algae and you hook up a UV, you will have zero results from that. If you have green water, pea soup in your pond, and you hook up a UV, you will get effects from that. The thing with UV is that it acts as a Band-Aid. It hides the issue. It doesn't resolve the issue. It hides the issue. Usually green water is because you don't have enough biological filtration going on. Your pond is not balancing out, so your pond turns green. UV will clear it, but it certainly doesn't address the problem. So it is a Band-Aid. So use UVs with great care. Um, sometimes they're marketed as a way for disease control. Uh, I don't find that to be the case. They don't work that way. So if you're buying a UV for disease control, don't, unless you work in a laboratory and you're specifically trying to work with one specific disease. And if that's the case, you shouldn't be listening to this pod podcast. So we have the UV filter skimmers, biofalls, pressure filters, canister filters, kind of the same thing, sponge filters, box filters, gravity filters, kind of the same thing, baki showers, bio towers, kind of the same thing, sieves, brush filters, kind of the same thing, settlement chambers, plants, and wetlands. So, you need to take some considerations when choosing what types of filters you're going to use. Some considerations that have to be taken are how much space you have for filters. Some of these filters are really big. You need a lot of square footage for them. Some filters are really loud. Some require a lot of maintenance. Some have to be installed above water level. Um, some have to be kept indoors. Some, some filters really can't handle 
um, being outside. And how many gallons you want to filter, of course, is a, a consideration. And filter ratings are tricky, so be careful. I want to give an example. Let's just say you're buying, you have a 1,000-gallon pond. So you go out and you say, okay, I need a filter. You buy a filter that on the box says filters 1,000 gallons. You go, voila, here we go. That's my filter. That filter is not going to filter your pond. At least it's not going to do a good job. How these ratings get applied sometimes is a little, mm, I don't know, gray. It's a gray area. So, yeah, when they're in the development stages and they're doing their field research and testing these filters um, and they say, okay, this thing can handle 1,000 gallons, does that mean that they have the same setup as you? Does that mean that they have the same amount of fish, the same amount of food, the the same tree by your house that's dropping pollen in there and pine needles and acorns and, uh, you know, all this stuff going on? I don't think so. So that 1,000-gallon filter is rated under best-case scenarios. Add a fish to the equation, and now maybe it's good for about 900 gallons. Add food, a few more fish, and, you know, some pollen and stuff like that. Now maybe that 1,000-gallon filter is good for 500 gallons. So whenever you're buying filters, try to buy them above the rating that uh, your pond is. If you have a 1,000-gallon pond, look at it for a filter that will do 3,000 gallons. Just my opinion on that based on what I see in the field. And there's lots of different brands <coughs> excuse me, of filtration, many different manufacturers, all of them, not all of them, but many of them having very good equipment, some not so much. So, I mean, some of the more popular ones, I like Aquascape. They make a full line of filtration components, equipment, and treatments. Atlantic Water Gardens, Helix Systems, Nexus Systems, Aqua Ultra, Tetra, Laguna, Little Giant, Savio. That's not all. Pondmaster, Easy Pro, Oasi, Jabo, Pentair, Modela, Ciprio, Lifeguard. I could go on, but these are just some of the brands that offer professional-grade equipment. Professional-grade definitely has a higher price point, but not unreasonable price points, usually. Professional-grade typically is also going to give you better results with less maintenance and fuss. Hobby-grade equipment will give good results at a lower price point, but like any hobby, you have to be involved, and you will need to work on your filters more clean them more, replace more parts, fuss a bit more, etc. For some people, this is fine. Just ask Mr. Chang. He'll, he'll wholeheartedly agree. It's a great time. Some people, not so much. And unfortunately, there is a lot of junk out there. Not to sound like, you know, what, whatever, but if you're getting your entire filter system off of Alibaba for super cheap, chances are you're buying junk. And you'll find junk online as well as at retail centers. And they will happily sell it to you if you want it and you're not asking questions about it. And you just walk up and, you know, put filter A on the counter and say, I want this. They'll sell it to you. So try to find out what the pros install in your area and use what they use. Because the pros, when they install, they don't want the callbacks on bad water quality and issues in this. It's much easier. Install a good system and you make your customers happy. So do what the pros do. Chances are you're going to be happy. There's some regional, regional considerations as well. 
um, for filtration. Some people can enjoy their ponds year-round. Others may only get five months or so out of their pond season. And some equipment cannot be used in certain areas or is not very effective. Some filters cannot take freezing weather. They have to be winterized. They have to be disconnected and brought inside. Other filters can't take hot weather. This is another good reason to talk to a local Palm Pro to see what works best in your area. What filters will perform for you in your zone? Any manufacturer will sell you their equipment, no matter where you live. But not all equipment is made for all locations. Some pond equipment cannot even stay outside and will need special housing to function. You need filter rooms. You need filter houses. Try hooking up an Eric filter system outside in an area that gets freezing temps or really high temps or leaf fall or rain or hail or storms or wind and watch your investment become worthless, worthless very quickly. So be careful with your regional considerations. Get equipment that will work in your area. Methods of filtration, there's many of them. There's many methods and philosophies to pond filtration. In many ways, how you filter your pond is almost an expression of your personality. An engineer who's a pond keeper may like lots of gadgets on their pond, like foam fractionators, ionizers, ultraviolet sterilizers, whereas the artist may prefer strictly a natural balance created by aquatic plants as the main filter for their pond. Is one method better than the other? No, not necessarily. Is one method easier than the other? No, not necessarily. It may take a while to learn how to balance out your, your gadget-filled pond. It may take a while to learn how to balance out a pond solely using aquatic plants. Both of them can be done. Both can be, sec- be successful with happy, healthy koi, goldfish, or whatever fish you plan to keep. So methods of filtration are an expression of your personality, I feel. Some of the methods are, can be a, very simple. The simplest thing, when I talk to people who are having pond issues and are on a very strict, limited budget, the very basic thing you can do is aerate. Aeration for a pond is a great method of filtration, and you can see results from that. Water changes, too. Of course, physically changing the water is a method of filtration, Um, plant filtration, biofilters, streams, adding a stream to your pond, you will see a difference in how your pond pond, uh, functions and performs. Stream filtration is underrated. Skimming your pond, suction grids, ecosystem ponds, baki shower, bio tower systems, gravel filtration. There's many different methods. Let's talk about gravel filtration for a moment because it's very misunderstood. It really is. It's almost kind of crazy. Um, First of all, even though it is an aesthetic element that greatly adds to the beauty and natural look of a pond, as a pond builder, for me personally, gravel is more important to me as a method of filtration. Gravel is a method of filtration. When you hear all this BS about gravel turning your pond into a sewer, emitting noxious gases, killing fish, causing disease and being hard to clean, etc., it's all BS. It really is. Ignore that stuff. Gravel filtration is nothing new. 
It's been around a long, long time, and it's very effective. If you look at gravel as a method of filtration, you essentially are turning your pond into a huge biomechanical filter. People say, oh, my God, my gravel got so dirty. Well, yes, filters are supposed to get dirty. Filters are removing material from your pond. That's their function. If they're not getting dirty, they're not doing their job, and they're not effective. So when gravel gets dirty and captures all this debris and sediment from your pond, oh, my God, good. That's the idea. It's a biomechanical filter, and it's very, very effective. Does it need to be cleaned? Yes, of course it does. Probably every couple years, maybe once a year. It depends on how much you personally want to do um, maintenance on your gravel filtration. And it's easy to clean, easy stuff. Um, If you want to learn a little bit more about uh, gravel filtration and the amazing benefits of using gravel, you can go to my blog, the Love Your Pond blog, Love Your Pond blog. I've written about gravel filtration fairly in depth. Um, you can also check out episode 21 of the Pond Hunter radio broadcast. And that's where me and my guest, Ed Ballou, give a very comprehensive talk about gravel filtration. Ed Ballou is, uh, you know, one of the top, top pond experts in the world. And he was kind enough to come on the show. And we had a very in-depth discussion about gravel filtration technology. Interesting stuff and very effective. So um, I wholeheartedly endorse endorse gravel filtration. So let's recap a bit because we've covered a little bit of ground here. Filtration can be achieved mechanically, biologically, and by chemical means. Filters come in many shapes and sizes and typically perform a limited or specific function. Filter systems take those limited specific function filters and combine their efforts to create an overall successful and well-rounded filtration profile. Decide what your end goal is when filtering your pond and build your system from those desires. Are you Mr. Johnson or are you Mr. Smith? Mrs. Smith. If algae and murky water is okay, then your filter system will be different from Mrs. Smith, who wants that crystal clear water 24-7-365. Great filtration systems will be planned as part of the design of the pond and taken into consideration before a shovel even hits the ground. How you construct your pond will affect your filter. Rock and gravel ponds have different needs than a concrete pond. The shape of a pond matters, and space for your filter system matters. It's a consideration you have to take when planning your pond. There are many types of filters, so decide which ones you really need. What type of system best suits your personality? If you're the artist, don't set up filtration like an engineer, and don't be shy about adding more if necessary. If you're an engineer, you might be kind of bored by just having aquatic plant filtration. And how you configure your equipment matters as well. Remember, don't put your biofilter or your UV filter before your mechanical filter. Your mechanical filter should come first to get rid of debris and material. Then it can pass through your UV. Then it can pass through your biofilter. And your pump should not be the first thing water passes through. It should be the second thing. You should have a pre-filter for your pump. 
So that's your first line of defense is your pump pre-filter, then your pump, then your mechanical filtration, then your biofiltration, and then you could do your UV or your chemical filtration if you're using chemical filtration. And remember, there's a lot of pond equipment manufacturers too. Some produce professional grade. Some are hobby grade. Some are putting out junk. So buyer beware. You've been warned. Talk to your local pond pro. Copy what they're doing. And get equipment that's appropriate for your climate. Professional grade will usually give pond keepers the longest pond season, if not even allowing for year-round. And remember, everybody, there is no one way to filter a pond. And the pros or manufacturers out there who are saying that you will only be successful with their filters or you don't have a real or proper koi pond are full of it. And don't trust them. If they can't give you objective advice, why take their advice? There is more than one mousetrap on the market. Remember that. Methods and philosophies vary. I can look at what people are doing out there and enjoy and accept all the different approaches that people take to creating their ponds and filtering their ponds. And I see that many can be successful. I choose a certain method because it works. There are other methods that work too. So although that may not be acceptable to many pond pros, it is what it is. And there's many roads to successful koi pond or water gardens. So don't be discouraged pond keepers, be bold. I do hope with the information that you've gotten from this program, that you're in a better situation, understanding how to filter your pond, whether you're in the planning stages or looking to supplement or upgrade how your pond is currently being filtered. Remember, take advantage of having a local pond pro, having a pro come to your site to look at your pond and discuss your filtration options is priceless. Maybe it'll cost you 150, 200 bucks to spend an hour with a pond pro, but the amount of time, energy, frustration, and money you will save makes that couple hundred bucks so worth it. Most pond pros could probably save you thousands of dollars in their advice and countless hours, weeks uh, with their advice as well. If you want a referral for a local pond pro, get in touch with me. I'll hook you up. I will hook you up. And most important, keep on checking out the Pond Hunter radio broadcast featuring tons of content on koi ponds, water gardens, fish and plants, industry folks, and all things aquatic. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope the concept of pond filtration is clearer for you. And I'd love to hear from my listeners. You can also catch more Pond Hunter episodes on blogtalkradio.com slash the Pond Hunter and lots of other stuff on YouTube slash The Pond Hunter, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Periscope. Hope to see you guys all around the pond. Keep it pondy, and you guys all have a great day. You have been listening to the Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In the pursuit of all things aquatic, broadcasting Wednesday nights on Blog Talk Radio. The Pond Hunter, keeping it pondy for the aquatically obsessed. <laughs>